Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Each week, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Matt Robinson, or another member of the Bethlehem team. We also host a conversation every week where we unpack different facets of Sunday's message. We're so excited about this conversation, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here to have ourselves a conversation yes. as long as my voice holds out. Yeah. If you can't tell, this is not my late night radio host voice. <laughs> I'm just a little sick. Yeah. He's struggling. Now for a word from our sponsors. Yeah. I told him to keep his droplets over there. Yeah. I put a mask on, but it's been so long since I dug it out. It's got lint all over it, and I just felt like you all deserve better. Yeah. So, you know. So he's going to talk that way. I'm going to talk this way. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop, my mic. Sorry. Microphone wouldn't shift. It is what it is. <laughs> no, it's all Click that link to contribute to this podcast, and we'll get new <laughs> mic stands. Um, <laughs> get behind that paywall. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> if there was such a thing. Yeah. Rumor has it that if you do pay. Rumor. There is a paywall for you to get behind, and you can have all of the stuff that we just said that should not go on air ever. Because there's a lot of that stuff. And you'll have a to sign a non-disclosure form to <laughs> have access to it. But no. it's good stuff. That stuff will never be aired. Never. Yeah. As long as Drew has a say. Yeah, exactly. Um, or if he has it out for us and just doesn't edit oh, it one week. We'd be in bad Please don't shape. do that, Drew. That would be terrible. We'll, we'll stay on your good side. Yeah. Love you, Drew. <laughs> Love you so much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're here this week, uh, just a brief intro. We're talking about your message, uh, mm. when it's time to make a decision Yeah, from Luke chapter six. Uh, and if you've been with us for a while, if that sermon title sounds familiar, that's because he's already preached it before. Mm. Um, maybe you I'll put the, let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> maybe, but it's fitting because we're yeah. about to go, uh, we're, we're embarking on a 21 day fast yeah. as a church and this, you know. And it really, I just finished listening listening to it today, actually. Um, and it's it's just a it's a really good uh, fit for what we're talking about for mm. the fast and you know prepping going into that. It's really really good, really helpful. Cool, uh, good I'm stuff. Glad it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Yep. Whew. All right, had to get a breath there. Anyway, <clears throat> so it's moving. probably probably COVID. It's probably COVID. Probably, this may be probably. my last broadcast ever. <laughs> Uh, probably not die. though probably not because we've both had covid i told my wife i was like you know i was like and i know i shouldn't say this but i finally got our life insurance straight like a couple days ago <laughs> and it's no listen listen Dude, come on <clears throat> i know it's terrible um but i got a lot so I'm, i made up for it so you're good i'm good yeah no i don't mean terrible in the fact that you're just now getting one that is terrible no it's not that bad <laughs> you're still young but i'm saying like Terrible in the fact that, you know, you're so morbid. It just goes to, I'll probably kick the bucket in the next couple of days. Well, now I feel okay about it because she'll yeah, be taken care of. You know what I mean? I feel I'm like, you know what? I can die in peace knowing yeah. that my house, my van it will be paid for and yeah. she'll be able to live for a couple of years without me and some <laughs> other dude will inevitably inherit all of it. Um, don't I, don't take that the wrong way, babe. I know you're probably listening. Yeah, right. Um, no, she doesn't listen. Yeah, don't ever no. remarry. <clears throat> you know, you don't need that. You really don't. So uh, I'll just buy more insurance. It's cool. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it goes, it's effective on the first. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to be really upset if I die from something like the 31st. <laughs> like that, I, I would literally, <clears throat> you'll no. be all right. You wouldn't know. Huh? I mean, you would know, but it wouldn't be your concern at that well, point. Well, I really <laughs> would like to experience some sort of bliss going into the afterlife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would be like, crap. <laughs> like, dang it. No, well, I, have fun with that, babe. I'll see I, you soon. I would, I would be like crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be left with it. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, so well without further ado, let's jump in here. <laughs> All right, jumping back in here. So let's talk about this. Yeah. Uh, Luke chapter 6, 12 through 19. Just give us a landscape uh, for those who are not familiar with that passage off the top of their head. Just give us an idea uh, what's going on there in that passage. Well, we got we have Jesus making the decision for his 12 disciples, you know, kind of narrowing. The way I understand it is he had a, you know, a large group of people, you know, yeah. a multitude, if had you will. Had to thin the herd a little yeah. bit, just like COVID does. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think still... <laughs> That's harsh. That was hard. Man, this is such a morbid <laughs> such podcast. Such a morbid we, podcast. We, yeah, we like kicked it off with you and your insurance. And yep. man, I think you're going through some stuff. Let's pray for you at the end of the yeah. podcast. I, pray for healing, please. <laughs> if I feel better later this evening, I'll know that y'all did. Yeah, he's sick. It's okay. We'll give him a break. But um, yeah, we, ha- we have Jesus entering into his ministry. And of course, early on, you know, he's selecting these, these disciples and, you know, my take on it is, is that you have 12, um, because that's a significant number with the 12 tribes of Mm -hmm. of Israel. Yeah. And, and, you know, I kind of alluded to this. It doesn't really matter to me at this point, you know, whether you're, you know, someone who believes that Israel is its own thing versus the church versus, uh, the connection to that, that, that Jesus was trying to make, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so wherever you land, you know, if you're on one, one end of it where you believe that the church is the new Israel versus, um, two separate entities, it really doesn't matter, you know, but the point is, is what we see in the new Testament are patterns. They're yeah. patterns as I see it, um, that, you know, what happened in the old Testament was significant and, you know, prophetic as to what was going to come and what was going to happen. So, yeah, you know, we have the Lord using that narrative of 12 tribes of Israel, because that's, that's really the, the vehicle that brought Jesus there. And so, uh, that vehicle takes it to the rest of the world. And so those 12, what I love about it is, is that they're called apostles. And mm-hmm. if you dig into that word, uh, disciples, apostles, um, specifically, it's tied to the same word in the Old Testament. I'm talking about messengers, is it? Is it? Um, I haven't looked. At, I heard you say that, and yeah. I wanted to look into it. Is it? Is like where Malachim would be found in the Old Testament for messengers? Is that? I didn't pull of, out the specific. No, you know this. I is, mean, it's pretty much the same thing. It seems. Yeah, I didn't do a a word study this time around, but you know, I probably did on the first round. You yeah. know, but it was definitely in the commentary. Um, you know, one that I trust, and mm-hmm. um, at some point, you you have the same ties to that word messenger. Um, and the illustration that's in the message is is David proposing to Abigail, but right uh, sending. Uh, messengers to do that proposal. And so, uh, you know, she accepts and washes the feet of, of those messengers. So uh, what we see here is, is so relevant in the sense that Jesus is selecting the 12. We have implications of, of Israel, right, within that. So the purpose of Israel playing out in the message and ministry of Jesus, and then, you know, using words and language like disciples and, and a significant number to say that these messengers that that I'm selecting will be the groundwork or the foundation laid for the rest of the world, for the church. Right? Yeah. Um, and so there's implications in Ephesians chapter two, I believe verse 20, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and through, throughout, right, throughout uh, the significance is seen, especially uh, in the first chapter of the book of Acts. When Judas dies and, and he is, um, you know, of course kills himself, um, we see the significance of the 12 within 
the early church after Jesus ascends in in you know making it a matter of priority to elect mm-hmm. and fill that twelfth seat. Yeah, big so, decision. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, and that seems yeah. to be the general theme that you carry through the message is that like yeah, you know these right. are big, uh, very you know really the, the course of the whole world you that, know that's rested right. on these decisions. Yeah, and Jesus had a way that he went about making these decisions, yeah. and it was really, really significant. Um, yeah. Moving moving through here, uh, I don't I don't know what you want to hit on. I know you had some really practical stuff. It is. Uh, it's just a end. practical message. It's very practical. Yeah. The notes are published uh, in the notes of this podcast. Yeah. And um, please, if you struggle with making decisions just yeah. in general. And this is a message that I needed, you know, and, and as I go back and rehash and read and, you know, I had a, a huge, I'll say this, I'll, I'll share this. Sure. I had please, a, please a moment, um, I believe it was uh, Christmas Eve. Um, I was walking my dog and I have, my neighborhood has walking trails. And so, you know, I was on one of the walking trails and there's benches, you know, as, as, as you go along the walking trail, there's benches and clearings by the water. And so, you know, I, I felt like a strong, and then I saw this piece of grilled cheese that had Jesus burned into it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't like a a 600 foot Jesus or whatever, but you know, the, the Lord impressed on me, you know, to stop and pray. And I sat there and, and we've stopped at that bench before, which I think is, is significant, but yeah. Uh, so when I stopped my dog, she jumped up on the, on the bench and she just sits there and, and looks at me and, uh, there's just a real calm. And, you know, I was, I was basically arguing with the Lord about something that had been on my heart and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it. It was a, a decision for the church, um, which actually a weighty one, yeah, sure. a weighty one, one that went into the, the elder group today. Um, but the Lord dealt with me, I mean, in a, in a real uh, I would say even audible way, you know, the Lord speaks and, you know, when you pray, sometimes it's that one way communication where you're praying to God, but then there are other times where you're feeling and understanding and hearing him speak to you. And, and he was speaking to me and, and it almost, it wasn't like a chastisement, but it was more like, you know, did you not see the things that I had done? Did you not pick up on those cues? Did you not see and understand what I was trying to get you to see and what I was trying to get you to do? Um, because those things that the Lord had done were supposed to have a certain decision or a certain outcome. And and I had I had kind of been looking at it from a different perspective. And so that prayer, that moment, you know, the Lord solidified in my heart a different direction. And so it was time to make a decision. And then after that, uh, time with the Lord and that time of prayer, you know, I got on, got on my phone and text literally on a dark trail that, you know, is pitch black at some point walking through the woods and there's certain parts that are lighted. And I got to a dark part in the trail and I was like, man, I, I need to like put this out there like right now. And so I pulled out my phone and I texted some of our, uh, our, our elders, some of our leaders. And I was like, look, the Lord just did something in my heart, like specific, you know, and I feel like this has led me to this decision. Um, and so whatever that is for you, and I've been encouraging our church, like even through this message, like this is a time of decision, you know, we're moving into a new year. Some of you may have a career change that you're thinking about a relationship that you, you, that needs mending, um, you know, a friendship that maybe needs ending, right. And maybe might Mm -hmm. need to be ended. Uh, so there's decisions to be made. And so I couldn't help but think, I went back to this passage, a very famous passage when Jesus makes a decision um, uh, for 12 people. He changes their lives. There's implications for his decisions. Um, but I, I went back and I refreshed my, my spiritual mind 
in how he dealt and made these decisions. And man, I was like, this is so helpful. I was like, I have to preach this on Sunday. Um, so, you know, looking at the practical end, yes, the spiritual end, he, he went that night into the mountain and prayed all night with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but on the practical end, he, he did some of the things that he needed to do. Um, he understood that there were imperfect, uh, factors in his decision that had to be made, you know, like there, there's just a lot of really neat things, um, that we can learn from the way Jesus made his decisions. So that was really the heart behind it, where I am, where the Lord's dealing with me on specific things in my life. And I just can't help but think that some of you are probably dealing with some of the same things. Yeah, it's really good. And and one of the things that <clears throat> that I thought was super practical and really good to just think about was your first point where you said, uh, Jesus knew the right decision, even though the subject matter of the decision wasn't perfect. And I feel like for a lot of us, we're plagued with this idea that it has to be a perfect storm for us to make a certain move. Mm. Like the stars have to align. Everything has to be perfect the way we want it. Otherwise, we just won't make any decisions. Yeah. And these are the people, you know, the people that do that always find themselves behind the eight ball of where they'd like to be. Yeah. Because they never end up making the decision. Yeah, that's right. And you you brought up that you know there's a lot of young people today that don't want to get married. That's, that's you know true. because they're waiting for I want to have a certain amount of money saved up or I want to be able to afford a house in X place or or a certain kind of wedding or yeah. a forty thousand dollar wedding, yeah. which is just crazy. Like I literally cannot fathom that. Yeah. Like yeah. imagine being strained financially because you drop fifty k. Right. If you're a millionaire and you want to have like a forty fifty thousand dollar wedding, who cares? Right. It's about, it's about living and doing things within your means. But for most people, that's not a reality. And so you shouldn't structure your entire life based on something that is a false sense of that reality. Right. Which is what we do. Right. You know, we we want perfection in our imperfect lives. But the wedding pictures all look so good. And then, you know, then they, you're like me and your wife's like, can we get these pictures hung up? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it eventually. You know what would be neat? (laughs) And this is something that Sarah and I've talked about. It's like, we're probably going to send it on our 15 year yep. wedding. Oh yeah. We're going to send it. We're probably <laughs> going to have the wedding that we never had, you know, and not yeah. to make our parents feel bad or her parents feel bad. You know what I mean? But like we had a wedding that was for the most part within our means, but it wasn't quite, we were in a different life stage in a mm. different denomination that dictated certain things, <laughs> right? you know? And so we're like, man, we can just freaking send it on our 15. Yeah. But like, how would the mindset change if we were focused on, letting the celebration get bigger through the years, mm-hmm. right? We have a celebration for two people that are probably statistically not going to be together right. in 10 years. And then we do nothing to celebrate. And we do nothing to celebrate those a decade and a half, right. two decades, we, three We've decades. got this thing backwards. It, it is. We just figured yeah. out something really awesome right here on this podcast. We did. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of like where Sarah and I are like, you know, <laughs> man, we're going to like, we're, <laughs> we're going to hit our fitness goals. You know, we're going to do all these things by, you know, our 15 year and yeah. we're going to freaking get a boat and, and have like a part of the Maryland it. party boat, except one that's yeah. Worthy. <laughs> Seaworthy, you know? Yeah. But like, and we, you're like, and we're not even going to rent the boat. We're going to buy it. We're going to buy a <laughs> ex- yacht. <laughs> exactly. But like, that's where we're in a season of our life where we could do something a little, a little crazier, you know, like financially yeah, or whatever. And you can actually enjoy it. Exactly. And you don't have to invite people like you did to the, everybody <laughs> invites people to their wedding. Like we don't really want to invite them, but what are they yeah. going to think? Yeah. My point is, is that and if you're watching this and you're like, I'm not that person, you're that person. <laughs> it's just what it is. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> there, there's just so much pressure in our society to make decisions a certain kind of way. 
Right. And, you know, we can view the optic of Jesus, and I'm not saying Jesus would have a party boat on his 15-year wedding anniversary. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, if we're dealing in hypotheticals, he hey, did preach he, on a boat, so why wouldn't... <laughs> why wouldn't he do it? Why wouldn't he do it? Yeah. yeah. But my, my point is, is we can view, the, view these things from a different lens, yeah. you know, that's maybe more productive and would... Uh, in, encourage you to live a more gospel-centered life. You know, yeah. investing in a marriage that that has had uh, some success and mm-hmm. you know that is centered around your family and what the Lord has done is a much better idea than spending forty grand on a brand new marriage with two spoiled rotten kids. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's true <laughs> that don't want to get married because they can't have everything you know that their parents have. You know, yeah. Uh, and I think where this hits for me is I tend to lean in the direction of like I I. You know, I am always down to make like a pretty risky decision. Mm. I never really shy away from those, whether it's an intelligent move or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which for yeah. those of you on the opposite end of the spectrum, we need to be friends so we can balance each other out. Yeah. Um, because that's what it's all about. It's all about balance. There has to yeah. be a healthy amount of risk in decisions sure. because you have to. And this is another point that you made. We have to. Um, where is it at? It's not in here, but you said it, but we have to be okay with the fact that ultimately God is sovereign over our decisions. That's right. You know what I mean? Like we can yeah. make decisions, but at the end of the day, the results are really not, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to say that the results of our decisions are not in our hands because they are well, to a certain degree. Look at point number two. Point number two, where are we at here? Jesus did what he knew to do in order for the outcome to be what it should have been. Yeah. There's our part and then there's God's part. Right. You know, when it comes to that decision making. And I would say that we always, we will arrive at a decision, but what happens with that decision is never really, Yeah, you know, we never really Read that verse from Proverbs. It's right there. Proverbs. Should be right there. Mm -hmm. Oh, Proverbs 16.33. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. That's right. From your KJV days. Yeah, man. They they (laughs) knew, you know, that at some point if the dice is thrown... The outcome of the dice toss is, right. is the Lord's. Mm-hmm. And so if you take that mentality of the Lord being sovereign into your decisions, then you can point number three, you can trust the process. You know, if we if we know that that we've done our part, we've prayed and fasted, and we know that it's an imperfect subject matter, none of our decisions are going to be, you know, uh, achieving or with perfect things. Right. And so we make decisions with we're imperfect, with imperfect people, Mm -hmm. um, but we trust that the outcome will be what the Lord wants. And so that's another piece of decision making is feeling guilt and feeling pressure from from people that have certain expectations. And that determines your experience. Right. To quote uh, Lesko. But it's the, the idea behind that is, I believe, something that that causes anxiety. Uh, the idea behind making a decision so that it pleases someone, yeah, you know, the outcome of the decision is the Lord's. You know, there is sowing and reaping, yes. But mm-hmm. if you've sowed into that decision the right amount of prayer, the right amount of counsel and discernment that that the Lord would expect, and you know that he would expect, you're not, and I said this in the message, if you're living in sin, you'll never have this peace. Right. You'll never have this discernment of trusting the process of your decision making. Many of you aren't comfortable making decisions because you're not living right. And and that's a given. If if you're living lives that are uh you know sowing in to to you know your spiritual life nothing but 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 havoc, right? And nothing but poor decisions, um the outcome's never going to be right. Right. So, you know, it it's that balance of saying, look, I know that I'm fallen. 
Um, but I know I've done my part in this. You know, I am living holy. I am pursuing righteousness. And the rest of it is up to the Lord. So yeah. if I walk through suffering, if I walk through a difficult, hard time, I'm okay with that. I'm secure in that because I know the Lord is near and I know that he is in control. You know, there's, there's, there's so much goodness around how Jesus made these decisions, knowing that one is a traitor, knowing that one of those decisions was a bad decision, but was a bad decision, but that decision would be used for good. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that in our culture. We don't. We don't mm-hmm. have the idea of, of making a wrong decision but the lord using that outcome for his goodness and his glory you know there should be room for that in your life but if we're constantly worried about having all of our ducks in a row and everything being perfect um you know then at some point the lord's not going to be able to teach you through suffering because uh you know many many parents many grandparents we bail out uh you know young people specifically you know, for decisions that they made, when the Lord would use that outcome for his good and his glory, you decide to play God in their life. Right. Right. Like we have Because to we're learn. trained that to be a good parent, we have to eliminate suffering. And that's not on the all case. Fronts. And it's not. It's just it's not. not. It eliminates a lot of learning opportunities. Yeah. Anyway, so those were some of the, some of the heart behind the message that if you go and listen to it, you'll hear. Um, but ultimately, I just want to, man, I, I want to make a difference in this new year. I want there to be an impact. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to talk about moving, Yeah. Ahead. And well, moving into that, this is a really good segue. I feel like um, the, the topic of suffering. So, well, <clears throat> okay. So this is good. So I listened is the past like two days. I bit off a little bit at a time of the, the remnant radio. Mm. Uh, they interviewed Tim Mackey and they just talked about the tree of life. Have you seen that mm. one? Huh. It's really good. Um, nothing, I don't feel like that was not in the, uh, like the, the podcast series on it Okay. from Bible project, but it's really good. Um, but one of the quotes that they had talked about because you trace that theme and it gets all the way to, uh, to the crucifixion and then to, to revelation with these trees. Um, but you know, ultimately the tree of death for Jesus is our tree of life. Mm. And when we accept, <clears throat> when we take of that tree of life, we gain, eternal life and we gain like our lives do get better but we have to define that a little bit better like what a better life means like ultimately having a renewed life in christ it looks like suffering and it is but just because it outwardly looks like turmoil inwardly it's not Mm. you know and our our calling as followers of jesus is to bear bear with him in his sufferings as the body of christ we have to suffer we are called to do that and when we avoid that, we're missing out on a blessing. And I think that moving into the new year and moving into the fast, like this idea of, you know, purposefully, and, and some of you, you know, depending on, and we'll talk about it more, uh, I'm sure, but <clears throat> but some of you will, will give up things and give up food and you will intentionally inflict suffering on yourself. Yeah. And that looks very backwards from yeah. the outside, but what you're experiencing on the inside is not suffering, even That's though your right. body is suffering. That's right. And that we have to, I feel like, and this is something that I'm trying to work on for me because it's very, you know, we run from suffering as people. That's what we do. Yeah. But we have to, uh, excuse me, we have to get in a mode where we, we to some degree actively pursue suffering because it is a matter of calling and it is a way like the church always grows under persecu- persecution. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it always does. And, but yet we run from that, you know, it's, you know, preachers all over the, all over the country every Sunday will be like, it's not like that here, but if you don't vote the right way, it will be, you know, and it's like, we have to like, our churches are being trained to like, not want that and not be ready to go through that. Yeah. 
Um, but it's just so backwards. But I don't know. I thought that was a good, That's just a the whole tree thing. Swallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, when you consider that, it's <clears> like the implications are, are great. And okay, we, we take that step and we endure it. But to me, it's like, you know, you, you have to find that in, in whatever state, Paul, right? I've learned in whatsoever state I am. Mm-hmm. They're with to be content. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. And I'm sure the another version would say it to where it makes more <coughs> sense to right. in English. But it means I know how to have nothing and I know how to have everything. Right. And, and then he goes on to say the most out of context quoted verse of all time, Philippians four thirteen. Right. Where he says, I can I can know how to have a lot, I can know how to have a little, but I can do right. all things through Christ. Yeah, it doesn't me it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what state you're in. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Not whatever <laughs> it is that you want to conquer, the Lord will conquer it for you. <laughs> right. You Tim know, Tebow take or that. allow you to conquer it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that Tebow would would view that, but it's I don't know. I'm just throwing out a pop yeah. culture reference. If Tim Steph Tebow's Curry, still pop yes, culture, but yeah. <laughs> right. But it's you know for me it, it it's this idea, this concept of finding that in where you are. Mm-hmm. So like giving in generosity, right? Instead of saying and looking at that from a, a a prosperity gospel, the Lord gave me this, right? Yeah. Because I because I gave. Right, you can find the the aspect of suffering in the fact that you're being generous is not in turn to get something, but it's your, you know, literally you're entering into an element of suffering by giving it instead of using it. Right, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You, and you I think, find that aspect in worship in mm-hmm. every area. Right, and so it's not you know prosperity gospel says, you know, I'm giving this so that I get right, mm. but actually. Uh, worshiping in your giving is finding the suffering aspect. I'm giving this because it hurts. You know what I mean? I'm giving this because I don't want to use this. I don't want this Mm -hmm. to be something that contributes to my life physically. I want this to contribute to someone else's life spiritually. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a different, it's just a different perspective. It's a gospel centered perspective. Right. Right. And I feel like we get in the trap of looking at, at blessings, you know, this way too, where we're like, well, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm thankful that I have X, Y, Z. The Lord's been good to me. And it's like, well, there's, there's a lot who don't have that. Right. And the Lord is also good to them. Exactly. You know, we, we have to stop. We have to stop defining blessings as like, well, this is good. I have money. I have family. I have my health. And there's, you know, there's <laughs> millions of people who would look at that and say like, well, I have none of that. Right. But so I, God is not good to me. Right. According to their scale. According to that standard. Yeah. Right. Which is, it's just terrible. It's and it's terrible hard. Thing. It's, and it's hard very for hard to see that. Yeah. And I don't really know how to, other than preaching it all the time. Yeah. I don't know how to necessarily convey it other than to live it. And when we talk about it often, Sarah and I were like, whatever, whatever the Lord has for us. And mm-hmm. we mean that. And that's where it plays into your decisions where we as a church have to get better at being okay with whatsoever state mm-hmm. and not. Not to the point that we glorify, and, and in our culture, it's no secret. Yeah. We glorify the good state. <laughs> we do. We really do. We do. You know, so let's let's in the church be a little bit, and not even necessarily forgiving, right? But let's be more open to living the life that we don't want. You know what I mean? And in that, in that regard, when you're open to that, you're open to poverty as much as you're, you know, as, as being rich, right? Many of you are statistically, you're, you're in that state of, uh, in, in the American life, the middle or impoverished state, right? And you think that this will make you happy. Well, no, it's about whatever state you're in saying, man, Lord, help me to live this 
in the way that you want me to live it. Yeah. Help me to be content. And it's often in those states that you get to another state. You move into another place um, because of, uh, you know, this idea of acceptance, you know, and the Lord using it for his good and for his glory. Um, not in this like self-deprecating way, yeah. right? But in this way that is like truly like, I'm content. It doesn't matter. None of this has anything to do, point number two, none of this has anything to do with, with your end. This doesn't mean you are content with being lazy. This doesn't mean you're content with not praying or not giving it your all, right? <laughs> all the husbands watching like, well, I guess I ain't going to work tomorrow. I'm, po- I'm content being poor. Yeah, Figure it out, sweetheart. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. Right. But there are literally things, if you have a sovereign view of God, that are out of your control. And so in those areas that are out of your control, um, those are the extremes that the Lord uses to test your faith and to see if you're okay with those things. If you're okay with living in that in that state in your spirit, right? You'll always, hopefully, prayerfully, physically, we shouldn't get to that place where we're in need and not, you know, pull a Jonah and sit under the gourd. Yep. You know, no, 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 no. This isn't an apathetic state. Go to work. Like, I'm not, if anybody knows me, they know I'm, I'm not a proponent of laziness or sitting idly by, you know, that that's not who I am at all. Um, but contentment is different. You know, it, I could work very, very hard and give a lot away in this state because it's what my sovereign king is telling me to do. And I'm living uh, vicariously through the spirit of God in my life, right? Because I'm not tethered to a certain thing. I'm tethered to what he wants in that thing. And, and my decisions will be centered around that. Um, gospel centered, so it, it's it's a different perspective for sure, and it's not necessarily a it's it's well it's not a popular perspective. Um, narrow is the way, right? But yep. broad is the way that leads to destruction, <clears throat> right? Um, so anyway, yeah. And moving into the new year, <laughs> <I digress. laughs> right? Uh, moving into the new year, you know, when we look at the fast, and when we look at all of us as a church having the opportunity. Uh, to consciously make a decision to give something up for for no logical reason, right? right? We're 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 giving things up, and we're saying, Lord, I want you to use that. Like I want you to shape my year because I'm I'm seeking you and I'm giving things up for 21 days. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a big deal. And, it is. And you said uh, on Sunday, like our our church and what we can do for the gospel is a culmination of all of our decisions. That's right. Not just us not just the elders that's right not just the finance committee right. uh, but but everybody that's a part yeah. of this church like your decisions on a personal level matter right and i think that's part of the issue with um you know america being such an individualistic uh society now yeah. that i think there's pros to it but you know on the level of you know when we make decisions you know we're like well that's not anybody else's business well when you look at things from a corporate perspective as a church and what the church was created to be like your very personal decisions do affect the state of the church. That's right. They do. And we have to look at it that way. Yeah. We have to stop looking at scripture the way that we look at our country because they're, they're very different things. Yeah. That's right. Um, but your decisions matter mm-hmm. and the decision that you make and what you choose to do with this fast will affect the course of your life and the, the life of our church in a big way. Yeah, that's right. Not because it, it's a mathematic formula, but because yeah. we believe that the Lord's going to do something. Yeah, and if this, you know, the way that we're, and we're just having a conversation here around this That's idea. what we do. Yeah, but if this idea of thinking is foreign to you and you're like, I don't really understand what he's saying or how to go about that or where to begin, <clears throat> right? it begins with the fast. Yep. It mm-hmm. begins with, you know, saying, 
I would I would eat this time of day every other day just like normal, but I'm not going to eat. I'm I'm not going to uh, indulge in this. I'm going to give that time and that full feeling to the Lord, and I will be emptied. Right. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of this whole entire conversation, and it is the manifestation of it in your life. And that is what we do. It, it, that's exactly what we do when we give in worship. That is what we do when we give in our relationships, when we have a gospel-centered mindset, when we take one for the team at work because we are trying to gain influence with someone because we care about their eternity. We prefer them over ourselves. Mm-hmm. We give someone else something or a position at work or time or whatever. We prefer them and we do something gospel-centered, which means we let them have something that... Any other person in this that's just worried about this life would have already absorbed it or taken right. it. They would have taken it for themselves. That's the idea of fasting. And Jesus said, this kind cometh not, but by prayer and fasting, right? Mm-hmm. So this truth, if we unlock it, and here's the, you know, really the last, you know, time we're going to talk about this if you're tuning in on this podcast, um, you know, the last time that we as a church are talking about this before you make your decision, you know, when we get together on Sunday, that's the second Right, you're already a day you're already in, going right into whatever this is, and so I just want to encourage you, uh, whatever it is, so into your year with this idea, and the Lord will bless it. He gave us the idea. He gave us the truth of uh, what the gospel is. The upside down nature of the gospel is that we receive by His stripes we are healed. It is it is the pain that happens that we are. Uh, receiving the the problems being solved, right? And so uh, this upside-down nature of the gospel that radically transformed us and changed us and made us a new creature, gave us a new life from Christ's death, is, is how you sow into 2022 and make it a new year, a different year than what you had this year by saying, look, Lord, I'm going to put you first. I want this, but I'm going to go without so that you can fill that space. We're creating space why, why do we not receive anything from the Lord? Why do we not? And, and, and that's why I pull into, from that mindset, I can pull it into this idea of your job and, and what the Lord's blessed you with. If, if the Lord blesses, it's easy for us to understand money. That's why I talk about it. And that's why the Lord talked about it a lot. You for know, sure. if, if we, if you receive a promotion or you start a business or you do something uh, crazy and the Lord blesses it, our church will be blessed if you're faithful in your giving and in your worship to the Lord that way. And so, you know, when we approach those things, you're approaching it with, if you approach it with a mindset of greed and what you're trying to get and consume on your own, you'll only go so far. And I, and I don't mean like, well, no, this person over here makes millions and billions. It's not measured in amount. It's measured in what he has and the grace that he has for you through that thing, whatever it is. He determines the measurement. It's not an amount of money that will make you happy. But if the Lord blesses because he's laid it on your heart and you're able to give generously, he will bless your generosity with filling you with grace, hope, and faith, and love, and all of the fruits of the Spirit because that's what he's gifting you to do. There are some, I know right now, there are some in our church that are looking for their purpose, and that might be your purpose. That might be your thing. There are some in our church that are looking for your purpose, and it's just sharing. Maybe it's evangelism. The Lord has gifted you with the ability to share your faith to others, and you're not sharing it because of fill in the blank. You're scared, fear. How are they going to receive it? All of us, when we make the decision 
to take our wants and our needs and our thoughts and our insecurities and lay them aside and sow into that with what the Lord wants us to do and we go without, the Lord, that's like fuel. It is fuel to the gospel fire that is in your heart. It's fuel, Holy Spirit fuel to your relationship with the Lord. And the Bible comes alive when we serve him in that way. And so I, I just really hope that that you all are ready to jump into this <clears throat> and that you're ready to sow into this new year with this 21-day fast. Yeah. And nobody will know if you're really jumping in except for you. That's right. So let's all let's all jump in. It's and, a personal thing that, yeah, that affects a personal the whole thing body. That affects the corporate body. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But let's all jump in together. Let's all give some stuff up and inflict yeah, suffering on ourselves intentionally. Boy, that sounded like a <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna go right back to that morbid spin. <laughs> Poor Cody's he's like just it sounds not feeling like so well. much fun. More, more I'm fasting I'm, from my health today. I'm dressed this way because I had a funeral today of all of all the, the morbid themes. That fellow knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, that is anyway, terrible. Anyway, so thanks dark, for, uh, so much dark humor. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, yeah. Sermon notes are in the description. The video for the sermon is linked as well. And uh, wherever you're listening or watching, please like and subscribe or follow whatever that yeah. button says. Please do that. That helps us out a ton. Yeah. And uh, we cannot wait to see you on Sunday for yeah. a new sermon series that is yet to be revealed. Yeah. But we'll reveal it Sunday. He'll reveal it Sunday. Yeah. It'll be revealed. God bless you all. God bless you less. Peace. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.